0: Welcome to the You Hear Big Girls podcast. My name is Luna. Joining us today, instead of my regular co-host, is Reiku. Welcome, Reiku.
1: Hi. I had a lot of fun in the Chapter 113 podcast with Momtaku and Puppet, so I'm really
0: glad to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm also really glad that we have you back and that now I have a chance to co-host with you. We also brought Puppet back for this podcast, quite unexpectedly. Also very happy to finally be talking with you. Welcome, Puppet. Hi,
2: thanks for having me back on. I'm excited to talk with you for once as well.
0: So this month, our guests would have been the guys from the cast of the Titans podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Dart has to sit this one out due to personal circumstances, but we do have Eric, a.k.a. Crow in post. Don't
3: worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm the fucking Titans guy. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute
0: honor to be on here. I'm really excited. It's great to finally be talking to you. Yeah, you, you too. So, should be an interesting podcast. I saw someone call it a clash of worlds, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Are you nervous or excited?
3: Maybe an isekai is a better analogy, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really excited to you know work with all of you. It's going to be a good podcast, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Okay, we'll see how we'll feel by the end of this one. <laughs> okay, so... Do we want to give us uh, give some general impressions about the chapter before we dive into the manga discussion? I, I did kind of have one sort of broad observation about the
3: chapter that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, let's hear it. This is going to start sounding kind of cork so bear with me. If we look at the Marley arc, right? And that was about four volumes long, give or take. And it was like, there are these two chapters of build-up to the big conflict in Liberia. Those were chapters... 99, and chapter 100. And if we think back to like classic Isayama style, he used to do about four volumes per arc. That's actually more common than um, five volumes per arc, which is what we uh, expected for you know the Marley arc and for this arc. And so just looking at the way that um, this current arc is going down, 15 is building up to this conflict in Shiganshina, and 116 is probably going to be where that conflict breaks out. And so that puts it exactly four volumes after 99 and 100. So it kind of looks like this arc is coming to a conclusion soon, and it's about to hit its climax, which kind of makes me think there might be another arc after this. And just, because, you know, it's just sort of very much following Isayama's uh, story structure. That, that was an observation I thought was kind of interesting,
2: wanted to share. I think that could make sense and be really cool to get more story like that. But uh, that's going from, like, chapter 99-100 some people think the arc ended at 105. I used to think that now I lean more towards 110. And so it really depends on where you think Isayama drew those lines on how long you think this arc's been going on.
3: Well I could have a whole debate with you
2: on this, but uh, I don't want to hold it up
3: with me like gushing over Isayama's story structure.
1: Yeah, the line between arcs, especially with these two arcs, was really gray. And it, there's a lot of variation between what people expect.
3: Really? I think it's pretty cleanly 105, personally.
0: I think it ends right after they are on the blimp.
1: Isiyama
3: does this, it's the four act story structure. It's uh it's like, you know, there's act one, act two, act three, act four. I mean, yeah, that four acts. Um and you can pretty cleanly line them up in both the Marley arc and in this current arc. It fits pretty cleanly and so is every single arc he's done so far, so I think it's pretty safe to say that one oh five was the end of the arc. Um at least in Isayama's eyes.
2: Yeah, one oh five is what I would agree with in the story context, and it's like I said, what I had thought for a while. But I thought I had seen some official source say that like 110 was the end of an arc and 111 was the start of one. So if that was an error, then I definitely agree with the blimp in 105 being a much better conclusion. The wording was very vague on that.
3: And I don't think it was Isiyama himself either. It was like an editor.
2: Yeah, they were moving towards the finale or the final arc or something. And that would make sense to happen right after the first five chapters of setup of the of an arc. Yeah, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, volume 27, was uh, that's the one that ended with 110, correct, Puppet? Yes. And I think that whole volume was pretty mild and there wasn't a whole lot happening. And then volume 28 happened and we got all this action. So it does kind of like, it's the same arc, but yeah, it's a different, um, a different pacing, I feel like, and a lot more is happening.
0: Yeah. I feel like um, volume 25 was kind of a transition chapter. Or oh, sorry, um, volume 26, right? That was where nothing happened. The, all the slow chapters we got with a lot of Gabby and Falco. That was 27, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. 27. Okay. Yeah. So to me, that was more like the transition volume. Normally we get transition chapters, but that was a whole volume. And then then finally things were kicked into motion.
3: And, you know, that's what makes it sort of like an act one in this four-act story structure. It's setting up ideas. It's introducing things, but not really going. That's kind of part of what I'm getting at.
0: Well, I wonder if this is going to be the last arc or not, because we're only in the third volume now, I think, of the... Um of this arc, if we say that 106 was like the last chapter of the Marley arc. So there should be like two more volumes left, probably.
1: Well, we actually asked this in the poll. Um, we asked what chapter people expected the manga will end. The most popular answer was chapter 130.
3: I'm, I'm switching gears to like 138, because I'm on this 8 arc theory now.
0: What was your initial answer to that question?
3: I used to think 130 because I thought this was going to be like an extra long arc. But then once I realized that we're currently in act three of a three act story structure for this plot, and we're kind of ramping up into act four, I'm like, there's no way that this arc is is something that Isayama is going to take all the way to uh, chapter 130. And so as a result, I have the theory that he's going to have one more arc planned after this. Though I could be wrong because there are ways to like stretch like uh, the four act story structure into a six act story structure. And It's, yeah, no, it's confusing stuff. I'm not going to go too deep into it.
2: I feel like this arc had a very wrappy up feeling and answering a lot of questions. Like, it's leaning really heavily into answering information on Yermir Fritz, which this chapter may have touched on. And it's been getting into this the real grid of the EMA stuff. And they're going back to Shiganchina. That'd be a good place for a final, final battle, RTS 2.
0: But I feel like. Isayama's story style was like, he gives us more answers finally, but then more questions arise. I feel like we're finally getting into that part of the story where he's finally explaining more things, but we don't get as many questions out of it. I feel like he's answering more at this point.
2: Yeah, I just saw a post about that on the subreddit uh, yesterday, I think it was, because there have been a lot of posts. Out of this chapter about some big like endgame theories, and this post was essentially commenting that the fact that we have all these endgame theories that seem like they're pretty, like on the nose, like we have a lot of information now that makes them feel like theories are going to go by the wayside soon as we get into the wrapping up point.
0: And I think he said this was going to be the final arc, or at least the final stretch, which with Isayama could mean anything because you know he said many times he was going to be done way before this year with the whole. Manga, but he keeps on going. Yeah,
1: it's really hard for me too to imagine that the story is going to go for, much further than Aaron and Zeke uh, meeting and doing what they're going to whatever they're going to do with the coordinate. Like, I, it's really hard for me to imagine there's much more story after that. And I feel like we're getting to that point very soon.
0: Yeah,
2: agreed.
3: I personally disagree, but I feel like the stuff um, in the Marley arc it set up things involving the big war uh, like the big war army like of the united forces and also there's stuff like with like the wall titans i feel like maybe less in terms of answering questions but in terms of action set pieces and interesting concepts to explore dramatically i think there is and also just like characters that really need to do things and be developed and stuff like McGath. i think there is another arc worth of stuff to happen especially if this arc is going to end soon with like a big dramatic um thing and we still haven't gotten uh, yamir flashbacks
0: you are hoping for so much that i think we're never going to get i mean
3: hoping for so much that oh we're never gonna get i feel like never getting it i'm not sure that's easy style he he's he's i don't want to say crowd pleaser but he's big into chekhov guns If he puts a gun on the wall, he very much is the kind of person to use it.
2: Yeah, there are a handful of things that we still need to cover before the end of the story. Obviously, we need to get into Aaron and Historia's true motivations. We've got to answer Annie. We've got to get all the warrior stuff to turn out.
1: Amir Fritz, what the heck happened with her?
2: Yep, Amir Fritz, final details, uh, that fully revealed. And so I feel like there is room for all that in this arc if you feel it started at 110 or around there. But if you feel started at 105, there's not really room for all that here.
3: And so much of this arc is concerned with ideas introduced within the arc itself. I think that's important to like recognize.
1: And you also mentioned Magath too. and I can totally see him being really prominent in an epilogue. Because I think he's going to be very important to the world after our story is over.
3: The Titan stuff can't be done. Because he, he's so thematically tied to the ideas of
1: Titans. But there's theories that the Titans will end with our story.
0: This chapter and last chapter are really moving in that direction, that there is a way. Yep, Isiama just introduced the idea of DNA modification to us. That's huge. And all the stories are converging. Like, we know the warriors are probably all on piloties. We know that the Jaeger bros are going to meet soon, probably.
3: Converging in, like, the similar way that it does at the end of, like, lots of arcs, you know.
0: Yes, but all the storylines are coming together. All the important stuff is coming together. We finally got, like, probably... A glimpse at in fritz mm-hmm. so we'll probably learn more about her soon as well so everything is slowly coming together we're unraveling more and more things i really feel like we're moving into the end if he if we get another arc after this i feel like he's dragging things out more than he needs to agree to disagree fine <laughs> let's move on <laughs> <laughs> so in three words what were your thoughts on the chapter really freaking weird <laughs>
2: Lots of things. <laughs> uh,
3: Puppet stole mine.
0: Yeah, raika stole mine, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, I've got, I've got, I've got mine. Um, fucking pads, comma,
0: peak! Sorry.
3: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> Last chapter, we were left off with the question if Levi was alive or not. And then uh, the spoilers dropped. The fandom went crazy. And the Eren fandom especially went crazy.
2: What did the Aaron fan go crazy for?
0: Well, the Tumblr part of it, at least. Oh. I'm on, in Discord, I'm uh, in an Aaron server, and they were like, nope, we're not doing spoilers anymore. Delete the spoiler channel. I'm done. I hate this. I don't want this. I'm done.
2: Why were Aaron fans upset with these leaks?
0: Yeah. Because they ship Aaron with Levi. So Oh, when they oh Levi okay.
2: Died. I wouldn't generalize that as all Aaron fans. No, a, yeah, but the fan. Tumblr
0: side of, <laughs> of things. And then, of course, I think that Aaron is, like, this good kid. Then we got the spoilers that uh, he agreed with what Zeke said. But, like, we didn't see the panels or anything, so they were, like, in tears over that as well.
2: Yeah, Tumblr is very different than Reddit, and it throws me off sometimes as a Redditor.
1: (laughs) And these leaks were, I feel like they were intentionally misleading.
2: For the first time in a while, I avoided leaks, and it worked out.
1: This was a good one to avoid leaks.
3: Yeah, I'm really glad I did. I think I might do that from now on.
0: I've tried, man. I've tried. It's so hard to do it when it everyone is. is posting spoilers everywhere you go. I don't even try, so. <laughs>
2: it's better the busier you are and the closer the uh, chap- the leaks come out to when chapter release. It's like, oh, I can avoid for a day while I'm at work sort of thing.
0: Now I have my friends DMing me like, oh my god, did you read this? Did you see this? So I was like...
2: I had a friend DM no. me, did you see the spoilers? Uh, and he clearly, and I said, no, I'm not going to look at him. And then he responded clearly joking with, oh, here's what happened. And like, he was going to make some joke, but I just blocked him just to be safe. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> not even going to get close to it.
0: <laughs> so what do you guys think? Is Levi still alive at this point?
3: Totally alive. There's no way he's dead. There, like, there's like a 1% chance that he actually
0: died. Okay. Is he going to die soon? Yay or nay?
2: No no i don't think so
0: i'm on the fence
2: i feel like if he was gonna die he would have just died in the explosion i don't feel a reason to have him be alive and put a scar on his face just to kill him in three chapters or something
3: that that scar like is a little bit too good from a character design perspective to just be for a corpse
1: (laughs) in the chapter 113 podcast i I thought levi was going to die and that was kind of my prediction or at least i thought that 114 was going to present some sort of bad situation for Levi to kind of turn the tables and that's kind of what happened as well. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't really happen in the way I expected. And I thought that if it did happen, then Levi would straight up die. There wouldn't be any question of it, but I don't think he's dead currently. And that being the case, I'm not sure if there would be a reason to kill him off in the story anymore because he's no longer the thing that's separating Aaron from Zeke Levi's no longer a threat. He's, he's floating in some river with Hanji right now. Like we don't know what's going on with them.
3: Here's my take on Levi's place in the story. If you think, if you look at like some of the early episodes of Attack on Titan, there's really this kind of very heroic and very sort of simple philosophy behind what a lot of what the Survey Corps is doing. And it really got muddied by what happened from the basement on. And Levi is kind of like that spirit kind of like being maintained he's sort of the modern representation of what attack on titan used to be and what its themes used to stand for yeah yes that's kind of how i see it and zeke is doing all this stuff just like you know trampling on what in the beginning of the story they're trying to protect for these larger grander ideals and even if zeke thinks that's okay and whatever Levi is there to act as sort of like an Avenger for all of that, for all of the people who lost their lives in this thing that's so much greater than they thought it was. And Levi's view on the world is so simple in comparison to everyone else's. It is. He he sort of has, the the reason he never dies and he loses all of his comrades is because I think he plays the role of like a witness, I guess would be a word for it. And so I think he kind of needs to survive till the end of the story, even if it is crippled and he doesn't get to do any more fighting. It kind of just needs to survive and then like be there at the epilogue to maybe like give his thoughts on it or whatever, or just to react.
1: And there's one point in the story where um, he is talking, I forget which chapter it is, Puppet, you could probably say it off the top of your head, where Levi's talking about saying, so what I've been doing this whole time is killing Titans. Well, that's what I thought I was doing, but I've actually been killing people.
2: 51, Um, yeah. Good
1: speech. Of course you could do that um so and that kind of makes me feel like if there aren't going to be titans at the end of this story then is there even a place for levi in the epilogue or is there a place for him in the world that's going to be left when the story's over well if he's killing wall titans
2: i actually lean towards there being no epilogue now i used to think obviously there'll be an epilogue chapter every story is an epilogue but the final panel feels like it happened like just after a conflict ended or something
0: oh to me it looked like part of the epilogue actually the final panel
2: I suppose it could be. I kind of pictured the scenery around it, which it doesn't have that, it just has the, the character, so I suppose it could be like in a home somewhere. Yeah, hmm. that's a good call.
0: And I wanted to say something after Reiko was done talking, but I forgot. What did you say last? <laughs> um, that Levi
1: thought he was killing titans, but
0: he was uh, killing people. Right, right, and if he has a, still has a place in this world, if there's no titans anymore... That's what I was thinking for Levi. Like, wouldn't it be rather a bittersweet ending if he was still alive in the end, but didn't really have a clear purpose anymore?
1: We asked a couple questions in our poll about him and his fate. We asked if people thought he was alive, and if so, will his injuries prove to be fatal within the story? Most people said that no, his injuries are not going to be fatal. That was 47% of people. The next question was, if Levi survives, do you think he will be able to participate in future battles? And, again, 41% of respondents said no. So most people think that Levi is currently alive, that his wounds will not be fatal, but that he is done fighting. What do you guys think?
3: That sounds about where I am. Unless the final arc has a time skip.
2: That's about where I land, too. Uh, I think I put I'm not sure for the second question about him participating in future battles. I'm pretty confident he won't die, like we discussed earlier. I feel like there's no reason to not kill him, except you don't want to make the fandom mad at you if he's not going to participate in future battles. Also, he lost some fingers, or possibly even more, on his right hand, so it's kind of hard to wield a sword like that. Random theory I just came up with before we started recording, kind of like just like would be a random cool scenario with no real evidence behind it happening, would be Levi acts as a distraction so Connie can kill Zeke. That executes several things oh. at once. It would allow Connie to get his revenge. It would allow Levi to fulfill his promise to get Zeke killed. But also he's kind of letting go of the promise since he's not the one to kill him and he wouldn't see it happen. And then also it's like a parallel and reverse of Levi and Zeke's first fight where everyone distracted Zeke so Levi could go in and kill him. And now Levi's the distraction.
0: That almost sounds too perfect. <laughs> I want it to happen.
1: When you told me that puppet, I was like, whoa, that's great.
0: I'd like something very similar.
3: I'm a little bit unsure if it would go down exactly like that, but, like, something along those lines could be
2: very cool. It'll never go down exactly like anyone predicts. That's the beauty of Isayama.
1: One of my frustrations is actually that we don't really know how intact Levi is. We know he has both of his legs. We know that at least a couple of his fingers are gone but that's really it. Hanji is aware of whether or not Levi has both of his arms, but we kind of aren't. And I think that actually makes a big difference if he just lost a couple fingers or if he lost his whole
0: arm. I'm going to go with, he just has the scars on his face and lost two fingers for now. The only thing I'm a bit more concerned with is if she was lying or not about the effect Thunder Spears can have on people? I think she was That's lying. True, yeah. Like, how he's, if he's like a scrambled egg on the inside or not. At this it was a pretty
2: obvious lie that she was just doing that to, like, mess the
3: truth. I
0: hope so, yeah.
2: With what Raikou mentioned about being a lot of frustrated that Isayama is drawing this out longer, that needs to be, like, Kanji has looked at him and knows, so why don't we know? I feel like Isayama is doing things like that, like also Eren's mentality and story's mentality. He's kind of dragging these plot points out because he's answered most of the major world mysteries and plot points he has to have some mystery to keep you reading chapter after chapter and so that's why i feel he's maybe dragging these on a little longer
0: i think um, the injuries we saw were kind of superficial though like except for the two fingers but he would still be able to fight with that although i don't think he can control the 3dm gear with that right because he cannot pull the trigger anymore
2: oh true good call
0: yeah kind of hard to do it with only three fingers and still have like a good grip
1: well, Irvin did it with one arm. I mean, he wasn't, like, fighting Titans with it, but he, he got
0: up to the top of uh, Wall... I think it was Wall Mario.
3: <laughs> True. <laughs> I think Levi's badass enough.
0: So, then he's going to continue fighting? He'll, he'll do
2: something so. in the story, for sure.
0: If there's a time skip, then I agree with you. Yes, Levi
1: will fight again, but I, I really don't think there's going to be another time skip.
0: Yeah, I sincerely doubt that as well. Mmm... I think I'm kind of on the fence now. I think I answered yes in the poll, like he was going to continue fighting. Just because I thought, well, you know, with those injuries, I'm still, yeah, he can still do something. Well, that question was actually really close in the poll because
1: 41% said no, Levi's never going to fight again, but 36% said yes, Levi's going to fight again.
2: It's weird that he's in such good condition because I feel like what's the point of the explosion if it's only superficial and he can still fight? Or what's the point of him staying alive if he can't fight? So it's like either kill him or don't make him lose like, all his limbs or don't. It feels like the explosion just kind of happened and didn't have much of a result, which I feel is where some of the frustration may come from if everything just goes back to normal.
0: So there's one more poll question I kind of want to bring up, and that was the one uh, about how you feel about characters after this chapter, and then especially in regards to Levi. Um, actually, most people are more favorable towards him after this chapter. Are you in I that mean, same didn't group? He or...
2: Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's people who are scared that he might die, and they're like, oh my gosh, uh, I love Levi so much, I can't let him die that they're liking him more.
1: Yeah, those are people who are already rated Levi at a 5 out of 5, but now they rate him as like a 6 out of 5. So yeah. <laughs> my opinion yeah. Of, his, of him is unchanged, because he didn't do anything.
0: I actually said I have a less favorable opinion of him Yeah, so my reasoning for that is because, you know, Levi is like the OP guy of the manga, but now, obviously, he's in shambles, and he will no longer continue to be, in my opinion, the overpowered character, which was kind of his whole purpose in this manga. To me, at least. So now that he cannot fulfill that role anymore, I'm like, well you're not that interesting anymore to me
2: yeah yeah i feel like a big fan of him for his epic action scenes if he's not going to have any more of those and it's just kind of an empty shell who's there to be there
0: uh
1: i would say that my reasons for liking levi are a little different i like that he's got this cold exterior but he's actually like he's very um he's a very caring person he has a lot of feelings he just doesn't wear them on his sleeve like aaron does or aaron did i should say Aaron Aaron doesn't talk anymore
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people like him for different reasons and also his interaction with different characters. But, um, yeah, I never was the biggest Levi fan. And over the last couple of chapters, I've come to like him more, but still not enough to say that um, I would miss him in the story, personally. Just my opinion. Please don't lynch me.
2: And looking at the... uh... More favorable, less favorable chart. I'm one of only 59 people who viewed Fluck more favorably as opposed to the almost 800 who hated his guts even more.
1: More? I kind of want you to explain this puppet. Why?
2: Well, since I've been a fan of his character, uh, especially even before he became like a main part of the story. Uh, I was really glad to mm-hmm. I brought him back into it and made him a part of the story. And so pretty much every chapter he's in, I like him more. I'm like, yeah, hey, my boy Flock is in another chapter doing stuff. He's important. But the only times I like him less is if he does horrible things like beats up Keith or shouts things about nationalism and make Eldia great again, like he did in 105 on the blimp. So if he's there and just being a good boy, I, I'm i very happy with
0: him.
1: To Flock's credit, we now know he can take a pulse. <laughs> so
0: he's capable of that. Well, that's what he said, but we didn't see him. <laughs> that's true. We don't know he can do it. Oh, first aid training, guys. Don't <laughs> mess with him. Well, if that's your definition of a good boy, though, what's your definition of a bad boy?
2: Aaron. No, I love Aaron. I just meant, like, as, like, a, a, a bad boy.
0: Ballard. <laughs> but what if Aaron's just using Flock?
2: I mean, that's smart. I don't know. I'd still be by Aaron's side. And if Aaron kills Flock, I might be a little more sus of the boy.
1: I think Flock is going to get Flock
0: killed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is odd. I love Flock, but I also call him out when he does detestable things. And even though he's my good boy and I love him, uh, I know he's going to die and I'll be happy when he dies because he deserves it.
0: It would be interesting if Aaron is the end of him, though. I would like Aaron a little bit more if he ends Flock. Really it's would. like when
2: Kruger pushes Gross over the borderline. This is just yes. Aaron showing that he's actually on Mikasa and Armin's side. He just kills Flock right there in front of him.
1: That would be an amazing parallel, actually. If you look at Gross compared to, um, compared to the things that Flock has said. And yeah. then look at Aaron Kruger versus our Aaron. I mean, that's, that's kind of... I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, like let's say Flock's about to kill someone close to Aaron, like Mikasa or John or someone, and then yeah, Aaron just kills him. That'd be a great scene.
0: Yeah, so we kind of already discussed like um, what Aaron's idea was of, of what he wants to do. Like, okay, we know Zeke wants to um, euthanize everyone. Flock wants to use the w- rumbling. Aaron seems to be very aware of what Zeke wants to do and how he tends to accomplish it.
3: Elena probably said so
0: elena yeah she uh she was like yeah you're a big brother jesus <laughs>
2: god will save the world
1: <laughs> do you guys think uh aaron was genuine when he was talking to zeke
2: oh hell no in part so i feel like the best like picture said a few chapters ago the best lie has truths mixed in i feel like almost every individual point aaron made is true he th- thought his father made bad choices he feels this and that i feel like all those were truth but the all of them together, the fact that he agrees with Zeke, I feel is a lie.
3: I'm glad you bring that up, because this was part of the conspiracy theory I was telling him about, like, Aaron's motivations. not really conspiracy theory, just me, like, ranting. Um, but in chapter 115, he said the thing that made him totally change how he looked at things, like, what he cited as the thing that made him change how he looked at things, was the flashback he got in chapter 90, which was totally out of the blue, and was never elaborated on since then, Until just now. So I genuinely think whatever, like, was going through his head in Chapter 90 when he got that led him to whatever plan he's doing right now. I think that much is true. And so I've been trying, like, rereading Chapter 90, trying to figure out what his plan is. Um,
1: For me, like, I think it's really telling that Aaron really went into that with an advantage. He went into that interaction with Zeke with a huge advantage in knowing that Zeke has issues with Grisha, and what Grisha wanted when Zeke was a child. Aaron was perfectly equipped to manipulate Zeke with that information, too. I mean, if you're trying to get the trust of Zeke, the best way to do it is by saying, yeah, our father was wrong. I don't agree with anything he did.
2: And uh, one thing I've seen some people bring up is that the flashback Aaron talks about is the flashback we see in Chapter 62, but he implies he got it in uh, Chapter 90 when he kissed Astoria's hand. But... We actually are the only ones who saw that flashback in 62. Aaron's flashback, well, I guess 63 it was, Uh, Aaron's flashback when he, he got touched by Rod and Historia in the cave was just some brief glimpses of Grisha and him being turned into a titan. We see Grisha devouring the, not devouring, killing the Reyes children through Rod telling us it. Aaron doesn't see that. I mean, you could imply maybe he does, but it's not shown to us. So the, Aaron's expression when he's done seeing that flashback after kissing a story's hand when that takes a whole page, that's the expression of someone who just felt killing children. So I feel like that expression makes a lot more sense with that
1: in mind. It's a lot more chilling.
2: And also the idea that Aaron feels what he sees in memory brings a whole new angle to the joke that Aaron saw himself be conceived. <laughs> that was, oh, oh my God, I hate you. I'm so glad you
3: brought that up. So speaking, so speaking of Grisha Jaeger, one thing that I think is probably the biggest piece of foreshadowing that Aaron is not on Zeke's side is the first line um, between them is Zeke saying, "You've started to resemble your father, um, our father, a bit," and Aaron doesn't respond to that at all, and he doesn't like he doesn't like it that that bit doesn't like get involved for the rest of the conversation. It was just something that happened at the start. You've started to resemble our father a bit. I think that's starting to say that he's going more along with what Grisha was trying to do than with what Zeke wants to do. And I think that kind of works. He's continuing, like, the plan of the Attack Titan that Aaron Kruger had, that Grisha had, that and now he has.
1: And what's funny about that, actually, is that in RTS, when Zeke crossed paths with Aaron that first time, he said that Aaron looked nothing like their father. And then Chapter
3: 90 happened, and now he's starting to look like his father.
2: Well, it's also not just his, like, his facial expressions. It's also that post time skip, his whole design changed in Hobo era and looks a lot like Grisha with the long, dark hair. That's true. And the facial hair.
0: Yeah, he used to take uh, after Carla, but... it's
2: It's also after he got a bunch of
3: memories. And, like, in Chapter 112, he says, like, memories are a big part of what makes you who you are, and he got a bunch of Grisha's
1: memories. He has a totally different intensity to his eyes now.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Which Aaron was pretty intense before, so that's yep. saying something. A whole now it's time. just <laughs>
1: terrifying, yeah.
2: Yeah. So it seems like most of the fandom agrees with us, with 58% saying that he's playing Zeke and doesn't fully agree with his plan.
1: Yep. And I also think it's pretty telling that Aaron was very vague with his language with Zeke. He never said, like, oh, yeah, I agree with your euthanization plan or. I'll do what exactly what you're saying. He said I'll I'll end this uh history that the titans have given us. I forget what the exact words he used were, but
3: very careful not to say anything specific so it was harder to catch him in a lie.
2: Yep. Well, the one the closest thing to a straight lie I think he said was that to not be born there's no greater salvation, which that's pretty in line with Zeke's plan, but even that you could extrapolate. And the best way to lie is to never straight up say something that's false but just kind of dance around it. So I feel like maybe Aaron's saying it's better to not be born because the world is cruel, but there is also beauty in it. And Once you're born, you're free and <laughs>
1: Yep. And did you see the way Zeke teared up a little bit?
2: He, he was so happy to find someone that finally agreed with him, which is going to make it so... Yep, that
0: Aaron understood him.
2: I'm, I'm going to cry when Aaron betrays Zeke because all his life Zeke's been manipulated. Oh, I'm so
0: looking forward to it. You have no idea. I'm looking forward to it, but it's still going to (laughs) hurt.
2: Zeke's been manipulated his whole life. He finally thought he found someone he could confide in in his own blood brother, and even he betrays him. It's going to be brutal, even for someone as horrible as Zeke.
1: Zeke will have been a tool from the beginning to the end.
2: In more ways than one. Yep. (laughs) Dude, guys, guys,
3: can you freaking imagine Zeke? He, he, it's like at the end of this big fight, um, and now Zeke's dying, and like like he's you know his regeneration is you know running out, and he's having a conversation with Peek, and then Peek explains to him how much of a fool he's been, and then he's just like, as expected of Peek, that's exactly right, and then fucking dies.
2: One <laughs> more last words. I guess Isayama did kind of meme with Sasha's last words, so who's to say he won't do it again.
3: I feel like if anyone's last words are going to be a meme, it's Zeke Jaeger. The man is a living meme.
0: I'm just looking forward to his demise because I still think it's very ironic that his name is Victory. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> well,
1: it could be translated two different ways. There's that translation that goes into victory, or there's people comparing him to Ezekiel, one of the prophets in I think the Old Testament.
2: Yeah, and Ezekiel, in his story, he didn't like straight up die he was taken up into the air in a chariot of fire and so maybe zeke had that sort of experience this chapter where he kind of died but not quite
3: yep it's more akin to a resurrection myth kind of thing yeah Which and goes the back clouds to the even Christ parted entry. for him like that was that weird
1: was, that was awesome that,
2: that moment <laughs> reminded me of just it was so anime it reminded me of like episode six of season two and stormy and then as soon as the big moment happens the light shines through
0: <sighs> yes yeah, I was thinking if Isayama had been taking inspiration from the anime when he drew that panel. I did like it. I mean, I think it's nice, you know, to have some, like, dramatic, better circumstances. I thought it was unironically
3: kind of, like, surreal and mystical and cool.
2: I think it'll be better in the anime, because it is so anime. In the manga is kind of weird. When I was reading through to see a panel of that, I was like,
0: okay. I mean, Isayama breaks a lot of stereotypes of like the classic shojo mangas, but he also adheres to a lot of them and <laughs> shoujo oh, shonen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what
3: shoujo manga are you reading? I'm going to read this stuff. The
0: what about Bertolt. Have you heard about that? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry. I've been caught up in like this um, shojo manga that was released about Bertolt this week, which is like a clear knockoff, but somehow got published. Have you heard about it? I saw some screens that were really weird. <laughs>
2: I'm glad my boy Bertolt's finally getting some attention, but this isn't the right kind of attention.
0: It's weird. It's messed up.
2: So, with all the
3: recent focus on Zeke, how do you feel about him now?
0: So, actually, the vast majority thinks what his end goal is, is insane. But they still do really like him as a character. And that's 44% of all votes went to that.
2: That's what I chose as well. Because
0: so I don't want him to get what he wants at
1: all, but at the same time, I really, really enjoy him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: See,
3: one thing I kind of felt was interesting about his plan is a, an area of philosophy that I'm not sure I agreed with, but I thought would be really interesting for um, Attack on Titan to cover is this idea of maybe it is better for all Eldians to die off, and that is justifiable if you look at eldians not as a separate race which a lot of people including the fandoms see them as but as just humans with a condition and that it's just like it's not it no if it's like your life is worse if you're born an eldian than if there are no eldians then when you were born you have no chance of being born as an eldian and everyone is just a human at the end of the day and zeke's was kind of similar to that um, not entirely. And so I, I guess I do have some sympathy with his point of view, though it does seem to be, you know, um, and I, I think it is kind of interesting. Maybe there's some kernels of truth in, I don't think it's as batshit as people say. I do think ultimately it's not a good idea, but I ultimately think it's very interesting and I think it makes him a very interesting character. And also, I just really, really kind of love him. I love his story. I love his personality. Yeah, he, he's just been absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm very excited to see what else happens to him.
2: Ditto.
0: Yeah, I love his memes, so... I like his shifty uh, glasses. That's the only thing that I really and like Those aren't even about his, those adults. are Zaver's. They're his now. Zaver doesn't need them anymore.
2: Not too soon.
0: Yeah, technically <laughs> what Zaver <laughs> has is seeks now, so... <laughs>
1: I mean, he's got his memories, in theory, or at least some he's of them He's his
2: memories, his Titan, his mission, his glasses.
1: Not his wife, though. Ao, Sorry. Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> that was mean. We're talking about worst parent earlier, usually Xaver's wife. I mean, there are some bad parents, but none of them outright killed their child.
0: I mean, she probably did it, because she thought that was the lesser of two evils. It was still very unsettling, though. Still. Yeah.
2: That's one thing you just brought up, even... Even someone who killed her own child thought it was lesser of two evils likely. It's not like she just killed them because she felt like it. There are people all over the moral spectrum of killing people and opposing ideologies. But no one's just outright crazy. There's no like, villain or even good guy who's just doing it because they're the villain good guy role. Everyone has reasons for what they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's something I really adore about this mm-hmm. story. One of my main motivations to keep reading at least.
3: I'm actually really excited about peak being reintroduced into the story. And also the fact that kind of looks like she's taking a leadership role in whatever's going on on paradise, because I'm fascinated to hear what her like take on this whole thing is. And, you know, on, you know, all the LDL Marley, that kind of stuff is because she's clearly very definitively on Marley's side. But I also know that she's a very intelligent person who's probably thought this stuff through very carefully and isn't just and she doesn't seem like the kind of person to just work straight off propaganda. And so I'm very curious to like hear you know what her whole take on all of this is. I was uh talking to um um uh puppet about this earlier, and I think also maybe Raikou. Um, and so I was thinking maybe, maybe it's like she was very close with a number of Marlians, and so it'd be kind of cool if she went onto this speech, like I was talking about earlier, you know, that there isn't ultimately that much of a difference between Marlians and Eldians. And so even if this is a whole place of um Eldian people on Paradise, she doesn't necessarily see them as her people or like that she has a responsibility to protect them or anything like that. Um, I think that'd be, you know, kind of interesting to see from her.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's very common for people to lump all the Eldians together. Um, Like you were saying earlier, it's not, it may not be about as much of the race to them as the condition. So I don't feel like they might have a racial loyalty to, Oh, these people over here who are my enemy, I'll suddenly be buddy buddy with them because we're the same race. Yeah, I feel like Peek has more of a, and everyone in the story has more of a loyalty to their own nation and their own people.
3: And, like, Peek would, like, have just as much of a loyalty to the Merlians in the nature, in her own nation, as she does to the Eldians in her own nation. Like, something like, like, something like that would be absolutely fascinating to see, like, get thrown into this philosophical mix.
1: Yep, and it would give relevance to Peak being supposedly so smart, and she has she's shown us how she thinks critically about situations, and she sees things in ways that other people don't. Yeah.
0: I mean, she has Marlins being kind to her as well.
1: Exactly. And so she has
3: that unique experience because she's so close with so many Marlins because of the Panzer unit. Like, she actively considers them, like, some of her best friends from what it looks like. You, know, you mean, they consider. Oh, oh, no. Too soon. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it this time, so... <laughs> It's hard for me
1: to imagine Peek being like Gabby and the way Gabby reacted to the Paradise Eldians yeah. being like, oh, I'm a good Eldian and you're a bad Eldian. I don't see Peek doing I don't doing
2: see Peek doing that at all. Oh, no. I feel like that uh, has a lot to do with experience as well as just your own personal character traits because Reiner started out the same way as Gabby. He was so brainwashed, not just maybe because they were in the same family unit with Karina, uh, but also just Marley as a whole, obviously. And with his experiences, he's now seen more of the wider world and has a broader perspective. Obviously, Gabby's been getting that as well.
0: Uh, about Peek, I think there's still people who think she's, like, on Zeke's side and secretly working together with I him. I don't
2: like that, personally. Yeah, me neither. I...
0: Me neither.
3: I like the idea of her being a representative of the warrior side. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, then we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. I think she made it very clear, like, she was the one who ratted Zeke out, like... She didn't need to Which, do that, are right? Are his grandparents was,
2: in danger now? Because Levi mentioned that if Zeke gets right out... I would be know.
0: surprised if they were still alive at this point, to be that quite said, honest. But Magath
2: is in charge of the military, and maybe if it was the old Marley, they'd immediately kill him. But Magath may... He doesn't seem quite as ruthless towards old...
0: I mean, olds. no offense, but, like, you have Grisha, Zeke, and Eren. Like, That's all of true. their offspring. Yeah. I mean, I... <sighs>
3: Well, first of all, I'd just like to say, I feel like they've lived some pretty long, happy or pretty long lives. So I like right. happy. sorry, yeah. I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> what? Not happy, <laughs> but just like they, they've lived long lives. And, you know, it wouldn't be the worst time. to I, I'm kidding. That was a joke, by the way.
0: Is this like some Soylent Green type of thing where like, oh, you've lived long enough. <laughs> yeah. <love>. Let's go. <laughs> Goodbye. Hmm. So and yeah, you guys were also discussing how intelligent Peak is, but there's some people are kind of like um, tilting their heads a little bit at her pointing a gun at Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, what are you going to do with that? What's that going to do? Hmm. He'll survive, but it probably yeah. it's not like he
2: yeah. cares about taking down a building with people in it though. Ben yeah. on that.
0: <laughs> One thing I did love about that whole um Scene was that he was telling Gabby like, "Yeah, you have to send a radio message. Then the Warriors will come and like, Peak is literally <laughs> he is in frame. <laughs> oh, <my goodness.
3: laughs> oh, and the way he and the way he spaces the bubbles, it gets you to perfectly not look at Peak because your goes for go- your eyes go from my body won't move diagonally down to the right to the first speech bubble and then back to the left and you completely cross over Peak's face." until you you turn the page and
2: boom yeah i was after <laughs> i finished i didn't even go back and notice it myself i saw someone on reddit pointed it out and i was like oh she is there i
3: have been waiting for one of the for the warriors to like have a scene like this where it's like you know just them doing some like cool spy shit and like stabbing a Jaegerist uh and just like you know getting information that way or something like that i've been waiting for them to do that since like chapter 110 basically and so it's so cool to see that finally happen um and peak too because i've been like wanting peak to like get more stuff to do um because she was always like particularly kind of like you know she she was always cool you know i feel like peaks are just a really
2: cool character and this is just kind of adding to that she was always cool but she was always just kind of there so it's cool to see her step up
1: Yeah, and I have to wonder what her goals are here, though, because, I mean, if the goal was to take Aaron out, which a lot of people think it is, I feel like the opportunity to do that was before she stabbed the other guy in the throat and alerted Aaron to her presence. Because now he could probably pull his Warhammer magic and, like, I don't know. I I don't think she stands a chance against him at this point because she lost her element of of surprise. There is
3: some bigger plan going on that we don't know about, and it makes sense in the context of that plan. There
0: has to be. She needs to have some sort of bargaining power here. I, I, I can't believe that
3: um, at, at the rate things are going, it's really genuinely looking like um, the Warriors and the Survey Corps that aren't Jaegerists are about to team up. That's, that's kind of awesome, honestly. I, I feel like that might genuinely happen.
2: Yeah, that's where I lean as well.
3: Like, Peak, Ryna, and Porco team up with Mikasa, Armin, you know, etc., etc., and there's that guy in chapter 1 th- that there was that guy in chapter 113 who's talking about like oh I can't believe Shadus is making us train to fight titans we're not going to be fighting any more titans and how hilarious would it be if just like within the next couple days or maybe this is even like the same day or something um just all of the just four titan shifters and she got I would
0: love it yeah or if like Eren releases all the wall titans and sends them to the Jaegerists. That's that's That'd what I hope fucked. for. I know it's not going to happen, but that would, that would be awesome. he activates his titans.
3: That's that's oh, totally going to happen. That's right. totally going to happen at some uh, point. I dread that's,
0: it so much. That's more likely, dude. That that, that is so yeah. obviously well,
3: on the table. Also, speaking of that, um, just like uh, in terms of like who's going to be teaming up with whom, I I'm looking at this scene with um, Yelena at dinner and just by his facial expressions and stuff, I think we were finally confirmed that Onyan Pone is not with Yelena and doesn't know about her plans, which makes me happy, because mo- he's my boy, and I don't want him to betray Hanji, um, because you guys all know I'm shipping trash, and and mostly just kind of like uh, Onyan Pone and I want to root for him.
2: Yeah, he's weird to me. I felt it was like almost 100% that he was gonna turn. I mean, in Chapter 110, it was set up so well, uh, Pixis said, yeah, Pixis said, you gotta mix in truth and you go to like a bunch of cards. Yeah, it must have been a red herring because it's, he hasn't done anything since and there's been situations he could have and his facial expressions recently have been, uh, I mean, pretty stoic, but not, yeah.
0: He must have been in the know, right? Of all Yelena's plans. I don't think so. I don't think he was. I think, but he- It seemed like everyone at the table, like... Except for, like, of course, Pixis and all the other people, but...
3: I think he figured it out. I think he was told.
0: Kind of like
1: how Niccolo figured it out without necessarily being in on the plan.
0: Maybe. I think it would be more interesting if he wasn't bored with it and then met the... Uh, Hanji fell in uh, love. Oh, he fell crying. in
3: love with Hanji! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I... It, it would be pretty great, yeah. It, it'd be pretty great to see Onankybon kick some ass with Hanji.
2: This is my motivating factor for swapping. I feel like we would have had more setup of that.
1: His bond with Hanji has been shown, though.
2: Hanging out a lot.
1: Like, she's the only, like, paradise person that she's been shown to talk, or he's been shown to talk with a lot. And he clearly has a positive opinion of her.
0: Just on the topic of Hanji, um, can we just talk about how bad of a shot all the Jaegerists are? Like, Floch missed um, Shadis at point-blank range.
2: I feel like he did that one on purpose. That was just like the show, I could shoot you.
0: I agree. Yeah, probably. Somebody
3: yeah. somebody said that he missed because Shadis got, got him with that, like, uh, absolute roast. Which was a great roast. And that, like... Uh,
0: a very memeable roast. Well, okay, Well,
3: let me go back, because I go back and forth on whether or not I was on purpose. Let me try to go back to the scene. Um, I
0: think it was, but the fact that, like, they jumped in the river and they were sending right next to hanji and uh levi and they still missed like how deep is that river
2: yeah that had to have been like a roaring rapids of a just river about i mean to say... most rivers if you just jump into it as you're escaped you will just kind of float to the bottom and they'll shoot yeah. you is not very is epic. it like
0: the colorado but river the fact... what is that what
2: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: to play devil's
1: advocate i'd say we don't know for sure that they well, haven't sure. been hit. we we only see their feet go into the water we haven't seen them come out of the water i could easily see maybe like hanji coming out with like a wound in her shoulder or something or we don't know so
3: so i'm, I'm reading 113 right now guess, i'm reading yeah. 113 right now and so um shada says just like oh um you know gives the big roast finishes it and the next panel is flock firing hmm. um and then it misses. Um. And then the next panel after that is Huntress saying "Flock," and Flock says, "I missed." Dot. 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 And then I thought I'd speed this up by shooting his foot for now.
2: That's a very common tactic by like villains in movies, or even heroes like to shooting near them just to, to show, show they mean business. How, yep. how, how in control of the situation I am. Yeah, I think it could go either way. Um,
0: I think it was just it could. Yeah. Mm, I think it was Flock's likes. Displaying, like, hey, I can, I can hurt you, but I'm choosing not to, and I'm the one who's in control. And then later on, he does spur on, like, all the new recruits and tell them to, um, to show their loyalty by hurting Shadis. Oh, we got so off track. <laughs> we did, yeah. We, we were supposed to be talking about Zeke.
3: I think the next thing that we were supposed to go to um, was the little girl in the dream sequence.
0: Well, first the M-Preg Titan.
3: Oh, yes! <laughs> can't skip over the that, M-Breg come on. The titan!
2: <laughs> one thing about the, the... At first there was a lot of confusion, like it seemed like it popped out of nowhere, maybe Zeke imagined it, maybe the little girl sent it, but now it's, it seems to be the consensus that it's yep. the same titan that Zeke kind of ripped apart, That then twitched and regenerated. One ish, one weird thing about it though, it could just be an accidental inconsistency on Isiama's part, but that Titan had a bunch of intestines and guts when it ripped its stomach open, and Titans aren't supposed to have those. They just kind of have a stomach, and then they belch it up.
3: Oh, it's that its that none of them are functional. They have them, they just don't do anything.
2: Is that the case? That that might be, and that would make more sense. Rod Rice had all the guts, right? That's Remember? true, but he was also specifically like a really disformed one. This one wasn't stated to be such. But yeah, if they have them, they just don't use them. That makes sense.
1: One thing I really liked about this whole like scene, I guess, is it kind of made... It made more sense of the whole um, Zeke ripping that Titan to shreds um, when Levi was in pursuit, because Zeke doing that it prevented Levi from actually finishing oh. off that Titan. So Zeke was able to effectively kind of leave something behind to maybe back him up later if he needed it.
3: Well, I- I've got two things to say about that. First of all, he ripped it off to get like um he to get ammunition to throw at Levi. That was the main purpose. Second of all, I really don't think that Zeke is the one that this thing is acting on Zeke's orders. Because Zeke is convinced he's going to die, um, and he's just, like, you know, he, he's given up. And then he sees the girl, and that's when the Titan shows up.
2: Um, I agree with and that. It, yeah. And
3: he says afterwards that he doesn't know what happened. So I don't think that Titan was acting on his orders or even on his, like, w- subconscious will to live. I think that was legit Amir or the devil or whoever that was saving Zeke because she's got more plans for him. It's still suspicious that it was one of his Titans, though.
1: I mean, I guess it's the only be,
3: but... Titan in the environment. Yeah. Like, what other Titans are going to be on paradise? Yep.
2: Connie's and mom. I feel like that little a... girl is definitely the girl from the book. Uh, I, I, do, I do lean towards it being Ymir Fritz on the theory I brought up earlier. But yeah, I think it's definitely that that character.
0: Yeah. So there were um, eight, how do we call them? Northern Light, Smoke Signals. Clouds. Path. Paths. Paths. Just or paths. paths. <laughs> so who's is then the founding titan or is Emir Fritz at the end of where all the paths like
2: converge? The coordinate, I think is the The founding where they titan is the coordinate. The
0: founding titan yeah. is the coordinate. So she can travel all eight paths, but I don't know. It's weird.
2: It's it's so weird. Well she got to Ymir because it seems like Emir wasn't in the same environment the Aryamir
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's Emir though. Her clothes look pretty good though for being 2000 years old.
3: And this thing like molding his body out of the uh, soil like or, or like the sand or whatever. I wonder if like Emir molds the body of every titan when like it gets sent like through pads or something like that. Or like, or
2: like anytime someone this... regenerates that's what happens. Zeke just got some inside view somehow because he was so close to death in this odd situation.
1: Uh, in the poll we asked this month um, which of the following statements regarding Zeke's rebirth do you think are true? Uh, the two most popular answers were that it's evidence that Emir Fritz needs Zeke and then Zeke will see it as divine approval of his plan. Um, 56% say that Amir needs Zeke, uh, while 46% think that Zeke will see it as divine approval. Um, I think I
2: actually I, picked none of those.
1: I don't think it's going to be divine approval. Zeke might see it that way, I guess, but I don't think that's what it indicates. I do think that Amir Fritz maybe recognizes that Zeke is necessary, um, whether like, his plans um, tie into that or not. I don't think what Zeke wants really matters. Yeah.
0: No. He is there maybe to help Aaron He's a key. get what he wants. He's the key, indeed. So it's, it's not divine approval, like you said, but I, I do think Zeke will take it that way, and I also voted for that. In
1: this chapter, we also got our second source of um, a person saying that it's going to be Aaron who's in control when Aaron and Zeke activate the coordinate. Yeah,
0: that's actually yeah. the most interesting takeaway from the chapter, because everything up until this chapter was kind of um, pointing towards Zeke being the one in control. Yep, Armin had speculated that Eren would be in control, because Mm
1: -hmm. of what happened at the end of Clash of the Titans with Dina. But she was also a mindless Titan, so there was a lot of questions in the air. Well, will it work the same with a Titan that isn't mindless?
2: Yeah, I always thought Armin's logic was odd there, but I guess it turned out he was correct.
0: I'm trying to find the question about Zeke's um, sand body, naked body. It's right above the question about
1: Zeke's rebirth.
0: Oh, oh,
1: I found it. That was okay. Yeah. How satisfied were
2: you with the newly sculpted Zeke bod? From the sand was more appealing to get that censorship steam out of the way, and the the most people, at thirty four percent, really wanted that censorship steam out of the way so that they could see Zeke's alien ass in full.
1: I love the distribution of answers for this, honestly, because I mean, there's spikes at the low end and at the high end for people who liked it yeah. Zeke's new body and people who just the sand was more appealing (laughs) and then there's the people in the middle who just don't care there's almost no twos and fours compared to them it's just fun
3: what somebody told me was that
0: the three option was the straight option (laughs) so yeah that's why i was looking for the question because i read that
2: Uh, i chose a four i think
0: i chose one Uh, yeah i think i chose five i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Have we ever seen anyone as naked in this entire manga? Uh, Yamir. Uh, Grisha.
2: Yeah, both of them got pretty naked.
0: But like, as many panels, I mean.
2: That's a good question. As many panels, no. More view, I'd say.
1: Yeah, definitely more view. We saw a lot of curvature there. (laughs) Mm. Have we wrapped up all all of the Zeke talk for this chapter?
0: I think so. I'm going through the chapter... Yeah, the final pose, where he looks like Eren. His pose, and he says, we just have to move forward.
2: Oh, that one, yeah, yeah, we can talk about that real quick.
0: Because people were speculating that like, he woke up as a new person because of that line, because it seems so different from the way he was before. So he wasn't like the real Zeke. I think it's the same Zeke still.
2: Yeah, I lean that way. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree. I feel like that line just kind of tied in with the theme of the chapter. I mean, it was called Support, which most chapter titles recently could apply to a few different places. I feel this one is most applicable to Zeke's support he gets from Aaron. Like I was talking about earlier, Zeke's been manipulated his whole life. He finally found someone he thought he could trust who supports him. And that's that was the crux of the flashbacks we got from Zeke, needing to find him, then finding him and having a conversation with him. And so I feel that since that stuff just went through his mind uh, before dying, I feel that's why he said that.
0: Yeah, I think it's to kind of tie into the flashback we saw where Aaron commits to Zeke's plan and Zeke returns a favor and says, let's keep moving forward.
2: Which I love how that's become Aaron's catchphrase. It feels like it's always been part of Aaron because it goes so well with his personality and his driving forces. But the first time that was said was chapter 100. I mean, it was brought up that the Attack Titan always needs to move forward in chapter 88. And Aaron adopted that mentality even more than he already had
1: Around that time was actually the first time we'd seen Aaron talk in, like at length for a long time. So it, we kind of got to see how much those flashbacks and those memories he acquired have kind of affected him, I think. Because I think Aaron's changed a lot in the four years. For sure.
0: But, I mean, it's always been the theme, right? I think it's just because of the English translation, but it's more the advancing Titan than the attack Titan, right? Yeah. So, it would. He, his Titan is always meant to move forward, and it's also so been reflecting in his personality. Yep.
1: Especially now that he has more of an understanding of what
0: his Titan is, I think. Hmm. So, we saw a lot of characters again. We saw Peek, we saw Gabby, but we also got a nice flashback of Reiner and Bertolt. I'm so happy about that.
2: I love Bertolt; He's one of my favorites, and Siyama said in an interview a while ago that he'd be drawing him again soon. And we've gotten them, I think, once or twice since then. This was after Reiner's flashback wrapped up uh, in just like a panel or two. But now we got to actually say something again, even if it was just one line. And I was just happy to see him.
1: I thought it was really cool seeing the things that they reported to Zeke. Because we all kind of yeah. knew that this exchange of information happened. But we didn't really know. We, we don't know how much they told Zeke. We don't know how much Zeke actually understood about, oh man, a person named Aaron Yeager has the founding Titan. Huh you know about his father? And they're like, well, he's a doctor. And then you just see the realization cross Zeke's eyes. And it's just like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> that was great.
0: Yeah, I actually have to read that part of the chapter again. Because at first I thought Reiner and Berthold hadn't made the connection. But obviously they did. And that's why they were careful in telling Zeke. Because they were, like, Reiner didn't even look him in the eye. He had Berthold do the talking at the end. Which is, I thought, very unexpected. Because normally Reiner always takes... Um, Takes charge and Bertil kind of just hangs in the back. It's a very good point.
2: Mm -hmm. So one thing that was interesting is that we didn't see Ymir there, which Ymir was likely shipped back to Marley to be eaten
0: around that point. Uh, Or being held captive somewhere at that point. Sure, something.
2: Yeah. She wouldn't be in on these talks. That's true, it is private information. But it would have it would have been a good instance to see her again, maybe the flashback starts with us seeing her being loaded up onto the ship, and then we go to this conversation. Yep. But yeah, it was around that same time.
0: Yeah. I mean, we all know she, like, gave her life for Reinhold and, Reiner and Bertolt. so in a way, I think it's fitting she wasn't there. I don't know. I hope we'll, we'll get a flashback.
2: Yeah, I hope we see her again as well.
0: I'm just reading what Mom wrote. <laughs> huh? She's so upset about it that <laughs> Emir wasn't in it. Oh, yeah. She says something isn't adding up, but I don't feel that way.
3: I think it all adds up. I think Amir was always sort of a minor character.
0: Like, I feel her arc has
1: been completed, so... I think if Amir is relevant again, it'll probably be because of her memories in Porco. But I don't think it'll be hugely significant.
2: I I agree with that.
3: Or because of, like, something that, like, Historia says that, like, reflects something Amir taught her or something like that.
1: I can imagine Porco having a weird reaction the first time he sees Historia. I'm not saying he'll fall in love with her immediately or anything. I'm just, I think he'd be kind of shook by what <laughs> happened. Like, I think he would just be like, whoa, I know this person's important. Maybe he won't even know why.
0: Yeah. I wonder if he touches her, like he gets this surge of memories from Emir, And his story is of
1: royal blood and the memories are connected. So,
0: yeah. I think I read something. I don't know if it was Reddit or somewhere else, but that um, the reason that Porco doesn't have Marcel's memories, but does have Emir's is because they share a portion in common. Um, more recently, like, Reiner, like, he gets to live, relive um, what Reiner went through through Emir's eyes, but he hasn't been able to car- go far enough back to when Reiner was younger.
3: I think the further back, like, you know, the harder it is. And I also think there's an element of, like, if there is that, like, gap, I th- you, you can kind of, like, think of it like, sort of a, r- a-, a river flowing from the pras- past to the present, and when there isn't, and when there isn't a blood relation, that's like putting like a really, really restrict, like restricting the flow of the water to become much smaller, and so that'll affect everyone down yeah. the line. Well,
0: the thing is, even Aaron had a direct blood connection to Grisha, but even he only got flashes, right? Like it, I think uh, only when he touched Historia, he got like a real coherent, like train of memories. I should say, oh. I don't even know
1: he got a long stream of memories when he was in the jail cell like when armin and mikasa were saying he was talking to himself yeah he was reliving those moments and it felt like it was a long period yeah. of time
0: over which that happened but i think he also had more context now to put everything together i think the context helps
2: yeah that was yeah. after the first time that he touched her in the cave so that kind of unlocked it
0: that could also have helped yeah so but it's, because it's still so interesting because like also you know, okay, Emir was in between, but Marcel and Porco have a blood connection, and he doesn't have any of Marcel's memories at this point. So, Gabi was really eager
1: to eat Reiner, though. She was. It was really unsettling, like, how brainwashed she is. She knew he was going to die anyways. Wanted him to die in a way that meant
3: she wouldn't have to say goodbye for good, yep. you know?
2: Yeah, she said she wanted to understand yeah. him better through his memories, so, yeah, through the Horde... Situation in the world that's been built up is a sweet gesture of wanting to kill him.
1: I get that that's sweet and that it's better than letting him die and have his memories go to no one. But at the same time, it's still really unsettling <laughs> to me that she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, you're gonna
0: die, and I'm gonna have your memories in me." And
3: that's hardly propaganda for you. It's been glorified yeah. to her.
0: Yeah, I think he's also very close off to her. Like she could tell that he never really opened up to her about what he'd been through. I think. You know, she kind of begged him to talk more. And, you know, I think this was one of her ways to kind of try and understand what was going on.
1: There was that whole dinner scene, too, with Karina, uh, where Reiner was talking about his experiences on Paradise very vaguely. And you could tell Gabby was really kind of moved by that and maybe even a little bit confused because it did not jive Mm -hmm. with what she'd been told her whole life.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's interesting because, like, she was talking to Reiner wanting to learn more. She wanted to learn more about what the world's really like and what his experiences were like. But then when she actually did find out, it didn't fit with her propaganda she'd been told, so she rejected it. So she was curious until it disagreed with her worldview,
0: which I found to be interesting. Yeah, it was like, does not compute. She even said the words like, they were all bad,
1: right? Like when Reiner was explaining Mm -hmm. his experiences, they were all bad, weren't they? They're all devils. And that kind of repeated itself this chapter.
2: Yeah, of course, her one line this chapter was just, oh, these devils must be bad, right? Like, Gabby, shut up. Please evolve. It's
3: no, I. She no, she's lo- coming around. It's but they're devils. Why I don't get it? And then it's you know it's sort of being like she. You can clearly see she's. A- it's her acknowledging that the that reality isn't matching up with the propaganda. That's what she's saying this chapter.
2: Yeah, the wheels are definitely turning for. her, But I feel like the first few chapters she was in, it's like okay, obviously the wheels are going to eventually turn. So we waited for that, and now the wheels have been turning for like five chapters, and it's like, okay, can we just see where this <laughs> ends
1: with Gabby? Oh, hush.
0: Yeah. She's still in the does-not-compute stage,
1: kind of. She's a lot less frustrating to me now, personally, though, because at least you could tell she's conflicted, whereas before, she was kind of, like, rabid and her hatred for all of the Eldians.
0: Yeah. It was rage and anger and violence, and it's now just confusion and yeah. sadness.
3: What I think is kind of interesting that Isayama has been doing in chapter 112 and 115 is, like, I don't want to say he's been playing up the parallels between Aaron and Gabby, because that's not what it is. He's been putting Gabby and Aaron, it's twice now, he put them in the same room in scenarios where she didn't necessarily need to be there, it seems like. I don't really understand why she would have to be there during the EMA talk. She didn't really add anything to it. But it's it's kind of more like she's getting personal experience with this guy.
2: Kind of like Falco during Aaron and Reiner's talk. I was kind just of about bring that yeah, up. Yeah, like
3: that. I, 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 it, for, I think it's important to Isayama that Gabby and Falco get personal experience face-to-face with this Aaron Jaeger figure for whatever he has planned for them and whatever arcs he has planned for them. I'm not sure what that would be. I don't think it's, I'm not not convinced it's for some like dramatic face-off between the two of them later on, but I don't know. I I just not sure what it is.
1: Falco had interactions with Aaron too, even before the reveal with Reiner. So that it's so, I feel like that's really important, but I can't figure out why. Not yet anyway, but I feel like Gabby and Falco having these unique experiences and interactions with Aaron, I think it's going to be important, but I can't, I, I can't connect it
0: right now. Hey, do we still want to talk about uh, our predictions for next month? I'd love to. Do we have coherent
1: predictions? Because I don't. I have no idea what to expect from
0: 116. Same. Was there... Normally we ask, or you guys, not me, I'm not included anymore, um, on the poll, what you want to see next month. Did we ask that? We did. Did you ask that? I think we did. Let me pull it up. Oh, yeah. You guys did. Let's see. Aaron, Peek, and Gabby with 68.7% of the votes. Hanji and Levi, 61.2%.
2: That first one makes sense with it being the big cliffhanger of it being what people want to see resolved. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm really surprised the Warriors weren't selected more often. Only 32.5% of people selected the Warriors is what they hope to see next chapter.
3: Mm. You don't think Levi's going to show up next chapter. I, I honestly he's at the don't. bottom of the river. <laughs> I, no, I think I think he's going to show up eventually. I just don't think it's going to be next chapter. I think Esiam is going to leave us hanging. I
1: think that it makes sense actually.
3: He is he is that much of an asshole, and I feel like there's more pressing matters at hand. <laughs> um, I think chapter one sixteen is going to be things building up in Shiganshina. I think we're going to see the rest of the warriors. I think um, action is going to start. At least one Titan is going to transform um and it's going to have a cliffhanger right before it's it's going to be like this version to chapter 100 except like less, you know, thematically dramatic with like the whole like moving forward thing. It it'll be more of just like everything starting to go down. Maybe chapter 74 is a better analogy. Uh
2: yeah. I feel like uh I can predict general story beats like I mean those are pretty easy to predict. Like obviously we're going to get Annie back, we're going to get story back. Uh I like to predict things like that. But I find it pretty impossible to predict exactly what the next chapter will cover, because Isayama could do anything. Next chapter, I feel like the only safe bet is to resolve the cliffhanger we just set up with Aaron, Peak, and Gabby. But yeah, we could just not see Hanji and Lifa, or we could have half the chapter focus on their escape. We could have the whole chapter be warriors flashback and what they're doing, and they open Annie, or we could have Annie not show up for four months. It could be all about story and Aaron flashbacks,
1: yeah. It depends on how but, much of the story is left, honestly. Like,
2: Yeah, and how soon he wants to cover it.
1: If there's only two volumes left, then I mean it, it gets more likely every chapter that we will maybe see something of Annie or Historia, but if there's four volumes left, then who knows we could be left hanging for a little
0: while longer. But
3: there's six volumes left.
0: <laughs> I feel like the, we have to see Aaron Peak and Gabby. Yeah, I agree
3: yeah, I, I just want to see more Peek honestly that's that's my main thing.
0: I just want to see Aaron and Gabby interact, and like I was you know Gabby was so hell-bent on killing Aaron and then she finally gets to you know be eye to eye with him and then she just quivers and is like oh my god i'm so scared my body can move so to see them actually talk converse that would be interesting i think Aaron and gabby are gonna have
1: an interesting connection like i don't know like i think she's gonna be very or he's gonna be very impactful on her
3: i i definitely hmm. agree
0: I kind of think it's funny that he keeps calling her the brat who killed Sasha. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
3: that's that's hilarious, honestly.
0: (laughs) I mean, rude. I think think that's
3: how a lot of the fandom sees her, honestly.
0: (laughs) That's true. Yeah.
3: Every time we talk about um, chapter, I mean, I talk about Aaron and Gabby's relationship. I keep thinking back to this one shot from 105, where Gabby's holding the gun. And it's framed in this giant alleyway that leads up to the blimp um, up in the distance. And the shot composition is so similar to all of, like, the anime posters of, like, Aaron seeing the Colossal Titan over the wall. Mm-hmm. Easy, was doing something with Gabby. And I'm just, like, you know, at first I was just defaulting to, oh, she's going to get his Aaron's Titan after Aaron dies. But then, like, this, that's less sounding less and less likely. And so now I'm just wondering what it will be. <laughs>
1: Can I you know? take a little bit of time for some tin, tin foil just for a second?
2: <laughs> oh please,
1: yeah. I love tinfoil. foil. Eric so can pass the hat to you. Re- remember that uh, that see you later, Aaron panel. Mm-hmm. So there's a small. I still kind of think that's Kiyomi. Like that. That's my gut feeling. I, I think that's basically anybody but Mikasa. But uh, but Mikasa's hair is like. Mikasa's never said those words to Aaron when she was younger. Like the person in that panel is obviously not an adult. Um, and I mean, the eyes being obscured from the person who sees the panel, I think is very telling because that would be a dead giveaway that it is, or isn't Mikasa either way. So from like a storytelling perspective, I don't think it's Mikasa. I think it's probably Kiyomi talking to an Aaron Kruger, but what if it's Gabby? I mean, the hair colors, the hair color is correct. The hair length is correct. Um, I saw a
2: theory recently uh, about that scene, and I did subscribe to your It's Kiyomi for a while. But then getting to know Kiyomi more, she does not seem like the really important to some master plan type. She's just a greedy money lady. Uh, yeah. I saw a theory that the picture of Mikasa there isn't even relevant to the words. Because, I mean, that's right before Aaron wakes up, and then she's there looking like that girl does in the, in the thing. So maybe that's yeah, just a frame of Mikasa like trying to wake Aaron up and then the words, there's no like triangle on the bubble saying so it's coming from her. They're just kind of there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's uh from Aaron's vision. He has while he's sleeping, you know, that we see in the anime and that, uh, that's Ymir Fritz talking like Aaron said exactly what Zeke says. This chapter it felt like he was there for a long time asleep or whatever he was crying. So he maybe saw something like maybe the future and it was sad uh, and yeah, that was Zemir saying, see you later, Aaron, because she'll see him again when he sees his memories, maybe, or at the end of the story. And extrapolated on that, uh, I saw someone saying that the two people who have almost the same faces right now in the manga, and also are the two people with mysterious motives that are being held back are Aaron and Historia. And we know that they can touch and get memories. So perhaps they... Uh, access the memories that Aaron saw in the beginning of the story and they were sad enough to make Aaron cry then and they're depressing enough to make them look the way they are now and they're also monumental enough to make them take the actions they're taking
3: so here's something that I've been thinking about Um, I honestly don't like the idea of time travel of backwards time travel um, in this manga I think it adds too many variables um, and just turning into a time travel story this late can make it kind of messy um and i've been sort of like looking to occam's razor it and i think that that first scene was from the path's dimension that's what i think i think that was a fritz or something else from the path's dimension um and i think the thing at the end of 89 wasn't um i don't think that's exactly how it happened in reality i think that was an altering of um the message to talk directly to Aaron it's basically the mess that that memory was retooled um, possibly by Amir Fritz um, to like speak to Aaron,
2: you know,
0: oh, this that
1: panel.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I thought for a while, it can't be that important if they took it out of the anime, like if it was really important to the end, they have to leave it in there. But also if it's a whole mystery of who's speaking there, then obviously they couldn't include that since I need a voice actor. So that's why they, edited it a bit
1: especially if it's not mikasa
2: oh that makes so much sense
3: actually that makes perfect sense
0: so shall we take a break take our tinfoiled hats off yep sure okay let's take a short break Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the music during the break. Um, Let's talk about some news that came out this month about Attack on Titan. Do we first want to talk about Season 3, Part 2? Let's go for it. Okay. So um, I think the biggest news was that we are only getting 10 episodes instead of 12. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that?
2: I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to aot episode layout so I know Eric is too, so he can chime in. Th- that is how our friendship started, actually. Yeah, I finally met someone else who spends hours trying to predict how the Mongol transition into anime episodes. There's not that many of us. <laughs> Soulmates.
0: Okay. So you take it away then.
2: Yeah, so season three being 12 episodes, like uh, one would expect, trying to do an episode uh, layout for that, I always found kind of difficult. I kind of had to stretch out a bit uh like some of my older drafts that have moved some of the stuff from the marley arc and added some anime original marley arc stuff just like with reiner and them getting back to marley just because i need something to fill the slot there so rts is 20 chapters but it's not very comparable to uprising because obviously uprising is a lot denser and so the kind of cuts they did for uprising for the first half of season three wouldn't be necessary for the action heavy rts it's they can pretty consistently go two, episode, two chapters an episode for like the first half of the series. So let me just quick summarize my what I think the episodes will be like. So episode one is chapter 73 and 74, just getting to, to Shigan, Shina, and Reiner and Bert come out. Episode two is where the Thunderspheres and the Reiner fight happens. Episode three is the world they saw with the uh, flashbacks from RBA and Zeke, and then Bertolt's confrontation with Armin. Episode four is perfect game that covers uh Zeke's uh throwing and uh Erwin's speech to everyone and charging out for that. Episode five would cover Armin uh sacrificing himself and Levi attacking Zeke. Episode six, I had to stretch out a bit. It's basically the Cyrymble. You extend Armin's flashback a little bit of being bullied, just like we just saw him sacrifice himself and now we see him get beat up, it'd be kinda hard to watch. And that ends on the cliffhanger of uh like Levi making the choice and so that breeds discussion of who fans would choose. The next episode covers the basement as well as that kind of symbol. And then Grisha's flashbacks from Chapter 86 get a whole episode to themselves since they're pretty dense. And then I think the tightest fit I did, the only place that i might be cuts, are the last two episodes. Which you could draw out more, but uh with just the way story structure work, I wouldn't want them to have the climax of RTS in the basement and then have like five episodes after that of just info dropping. And 87 and 88 are really dense and have a lot of text in them, but they're all pretty much text from the same scene. And so I feel they could work together well as an episode. And the last episode is just uh, chapter 90 and 89 with Ymir's flashbacks cut down a bit because we already saw them in the anime.
1: Um, one thing that I also noticed too is, like, for me, Bystander and The Night to Retake the Wall are both included in the first half of season three. But at least, like, as a manga reader, I always considered those as closer to being part of RTS than Uprising. So I feel like.
3: That's how I felt about 72, The Night to Retake the Wall, not how I felt about Bystander, because that was sort of the conclusion to Aaron's character arc about being a normal person, which is a big focus in Uprising.
0: Well. I think they were, like, the transition chapters. Yeah
3: ultimately that's yeah. fair. that's fair but
0: by including them in
1: the first half of season three it really set things up so that season three the first episode is gonna we're gonna be r- going right into it we're not gonna have a whole lot of build-up but we're gonna mm. go right into the action and there's not gonna be a couple episodes of okay when are things gonna get started we're just gonna be in it
0: and i'm really looking forward yes. to yes yeah i'm not surprised that they cut it down to 10 episodes because of course the first half will be action-packed and that will move by very quickly. So then we have the Serum Bowl drama. And after that, we have the basement reveal and then the conclusion of the arc. So 10 episodes seems like a good part to cover Return to Sheena. The only thing that I personally wish is that they move two episodes they have left back to the first arc, to Uprising. That's and a good call. kind of patted that out a yeah. bit. Because like the first two episodes, I still have whiplash from those. Like everything went so quickly. Um, I had no time, like no idea of time and space in those. Um, it also affected a lot of the rest of the season, how things played out. I wish I had taken a little bit more time with those first two episodes.
1: The night of the battle to retake wall, the wall, like that could have been the first episode of the second half. That could have been. And I think that would have been fine. And that would have given them a little bit more room to extend those scenes that in the beginning of uprising that were really weird because i didn't really like this season at all in the beginning like i thought it was really rushed and i thought some of the choices they made were questionable
3: well the the whole point of um the uprising arc or changes it wasn't to make room for 71 and 72 it was to not be slow and to speed up a part that isiyama personally felt was slow and could have been done better Um, in order to keep the audience attention.
0: Uh, Even if you... I agree with reading the manga it moved too slow. I agree with that. But again, there's a middle ground and then they were like, no, we're going to go right past that point and make everything go by far too quickly.
2: I'm kind of in the middle here because I feel that uh, month to month the manga definitely went too slow, but when I was catching up I didn't feel Mm -hmm. it. And and anime being week to week, I feel they could have had two weeks without major action and people could have handled it. And so I feel... For the manga, Isayama's concerns were true, but for the anime, it wouldn't have been a problem to mm. directly adapt. But that said, that the adaptation they did, I didn't have a huge problem with. I I thought it worked out fine.
1: It was just the first couple episodes for me that I had issue with.
0: Yeah, same. I can see that. How yeah, I personally yeah, feel that
1: is that
3: this probably would have been a better experience as an anime only than if they adapted it faithfully. Um, but... As far as, like, you know, getting the best experience about, like, the full story and all the themes and stuff. Like, I feel the anime was better paced and more exciting and that kind of thing. But I think there was better writing um, to uh, the manga. Though, all things considered, the way they managed to, like, piece things together in the anime was kind of impressive. Like, episode two in particular, how how they, like, put Armin's speech about not being good people anymore after he killed the guy made so much sense um but and at like the put same time
1: art- at the same time they made it seem a whole lot less serious too with some of the other choices they made like with jean connie and sasha doing that thing on the wagon where they're screaming and being all weird i don't know
2: yeah that that's one i had a problem with because in the manga that action scene was kind of rushed through we just kind of saw that it happened and i was but really it was hoping that- too. yeah exactly it was like their first kills and he was like uh you know, you attack people who were just servants in the mansion or whatever. I feel like they should have had that attack scene. They could have expanded that more. And then, yeah, they made it shorter and less serious. So that was a change I didn't love. What I hated
3: about that is that they, you, there used to be a purpose to that scene. Because that they suppressed the interior military police. And as a result the the interior military police weren't able to fight against the coup but now zackley's men just did that so there was no point to anything that levi marlo hitch or any of them did in that first like third
2: of yeah i never three. got how marlo like when Hanji says all of our choices led to this victory marlo and Hanji didn't really do anything levi in like episode two or three they said all right let's head to roger state that's probably where they're at and then on the way they met. Pitch and then they attack this guy, and then they're like, All right, now let's continue going to Rod's estate. Like, they didn't get any information out of him other than Kenny's last name, which didn't lead to their victory. I was, it made more sense in the manga. Yeah. But yeah, for the 10 episode RTS, I've seen a lot of negativity online because people were expecting 12, and it was on the surface, more is better, so a lot of people were upset about it. And, uh, there were some good memes out of it, but uh, I'd laugh at the memes, but then I'd feel the need to comment, you know, it's actually better that it's tw- 10 because it'll make a better season overall.
0: I think it probably will. I mean, it's, it's better than having two episodes of filler.
1: Yeah, I'd rather have a quality 10 episodes. Well, I, I, I do have... Um,
3: I always thought that it would have been kind of cool if between Uprising and Arte- like on the way to um, Shiganshina, there was like a chapter or two where it is them, like, maybe using the scouting formation to, like, try to, you know, go and, um, and, like, you know, them fighting Titans and, like, kind of showing them, you know, having grown as members of the Survey Corps, and it kind of reflects how they were newbies during, like, the female Titan arc, and now they're a little bit better at it. Um, sure, but they also want and to go night the to avoid up. Titans. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense, but, like, E.C.M. also could have, like, written it in a way that's different. I, I don't know. It's, that's just something I feel would have been kind of cool, and I think it. That's one of the few things that's kind of missing, like a moment like that. Um, I I agree overall with Puppet. Um, I'm not sure how much I agree with like the specifics of his um, like layout, but like you me, and him can argue that in DNs, it's not important. I, I think it'll be much better for pacing. You know, we'll get a lot of um, you know double chapters I mean, or yeah, double chapter episodes. And then things will be a little bit better paced.
0: Yeah. I think for the fighting scene uh, chapters, it's necessary to condense it a little bit in the anime.
2: Before this announcement, my episode layout, actually had it at nine episodes. So I actually had to add one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was difficult. Nine was just a little bit too few. So ten's perfect. Yeah, looking back, this one's a lot better than, than nine. and I think they made the good choice with ten.
0: Well, now that we're all in agreement about how great ten episodes is, <laughs> maybe let's move on to the next topic, which is the expansion for the Attack on Titan Two game, uh, which is all of season three is going to be added. Uh, now I'm
3: just upset that I bought Attack on Titan Two and not this new well, one. Well, it, it is know, maybe also if they have DLC.
2: I was I was concerned about that for a moment as well, but it is also available as DLC if you have two, so you can buy it for sixty bucks okay, and get okay. two in this or.
0: Yeah, Is it 60 dollars? Oh. oh, it's 70 euros here.
2: Yeah, 60 dollars. 60 dollars is... for DLC? No, no, it's, it's 60 No, the, the base game. Yeah, If you don't have two, you might buy the the base game, which is a physical copy, which is then two plus this, which is then 60. So it's the same price as two when it came out, just plus the DLC. Or if you already have two, you can grab the DLC. I bought two for less than 60, so... um,
0: How much is the DLC? Wait, hold up, so...
2: They haven't set a yeah. price, I'd guess like probably 15, 20 okay. bucks. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I really enjoyed the Attack on Titan games and I would hope they'd uh, continue it, but I wasn't sure if they would just based on kind of the way 2
0: went. Yeah. Uh,
2: And also the fact that uh, the Uprising doesn't have a ton of opportunity for Titan action. Apparently there's like human versus human. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Also uh, shout outs to them just spoiling season 3 for the uh, part 2 for the
2: anime onlys.
0: I mean, people were complaining about that, but I think they kept the spoiling to a minimum. I agree with Luna. At least like, from what I saw yeah. from trailers. trailer. It's one of those things yeah. where as a
2: manga reader like, they're putting these scenes that they haven't seen yet here so it equals spoils, but they didn't show Irwin dying or anything. Sure, they kind of foreshadowed no. it with rock swimming towards them, but that happens in the official season three <laughs> trailer as well. Uh, so I feel like, sure, they showed scenes, but without the context or the like, the big reveals and deaths and stuff, I feel like it was fine. To me, it got me hyped up. Like, oh, these are my favorite scenes. I can't wait to play through them.
1: Yep.
2: And of course, the best part of all of this is the new playable characters, including my boy Flock Forrester. I can finally play as him.
3: <laughs> I wonder if Zeke's going to use three DMG.
0: Like he'd have to, mm-hmm. right? They might. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they do add like games uh, specific things. Like I think Zeke was already in the first game, right? As the beast. You
2: could, yeah, you could play as the Beast Titan in like a mission or two, but he wasn't like part of the human roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then for um, the base game for two, they added um, an alternative ending where Zeke, Bertold, and Reiner go back to rescue Annie. Yeah. So they could add something new to three.
3: came up with like the scenario for that. I thought
2: that was clever. And I like thought the- that was a fun thing. Like, what if Reiner won that fight and they went this way?
3: I think that's the idea. And it's also just like totally like the kind of thing that someone who's watched seasons 1 and 2 would think like the next step would be.
0: Yeah. I'm looking on Steam, it's still 70 euros for me, the base game. Oof. It's it's really expensive. That's why I haven't played it yet because um it's just too expensive on PC. I think you can get it cheaper on PlayStation and Xbox.
2: I'm the champ who about the first game, the second game, and I'm going to get this because the second game already includes Season 1 and 2, so I paid for yeah. Season 1 and Season 2, and I'm going to pay for Season 3, versus when this comes out, you can just buy this for the price of a game, and then you get all three seasons playable.
0: That would be better. Is it also out on Switch?
2: Yes. Or no, yeah. yes. I've got it on
0: Switch. I've got it on have Switch it too.
3: as well. Her I haven't Attack played in two ways. I'm not sure if the DLC will be. I hope it will be. It better be.
2: I want to talk for ten more minutes about how I can play a flock, but we can move on. <laughs>
0: I told mom Taku I would go and buy it and stream it, and she would have to watch Erwin die over and over <laughs> and over again.
3: Oh my God. If, if we can at one point like play as aged up Gabby and Falco.
2: I mean, with the character creator.
3: I mean,
0: you can make your you own characters. That. I would
3: buy the... Ah, it's not so, the same. It's not the same. Ah.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, let's uh, go to um, questions from our listeners. User Kiza100. From Reddit asks, where do you think Reiner and Porco are now, and what is their plan?
2: I think we asked on the poll who people think is with Peaks. We did. So it seems like the majority of respondents at almost 65% think that Reiner is with her, and just a little below that, 63% think Guyard is. And then Colt was another semi-popular option with a third of the fandom thinking he's there. And MacGoth and no one got about 20% each, so...
1: Yeah, there's 20% of the people who think that no one is with Peek, and she's a lone operator, which I don't necessarily think, but that's really interesting to consider. Yeah. It's true.
3: Or maybe they mean that, like, Reiner and Porco are elsewhere, and they're getting, like, uh... They're,
2: they're, they're digging getting... a tunnel
0: to Annie. Yeah, my
2: theory is that the, is that Reiner and Porco are getting Annie, because Reiner is the one that knows Annie best, so he should be there, and Porco's the one with the Jaw Titan, which they just found out can open crystals. Mm-hmm. Mm, that makes sense.
0: I'm just dying at the 30 people who think Ymir's still alive.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot Ymir was an option there.
0: I mean, it's it's kind of heartbreaking, but...
2: Those are meme responses, I'm guessing. I'm hoping. <laughs>
0: but I'm, I'm sure some of them truly think she's still alive.
3: Oh, uh, Amir hasn't been relevant in years. Just forget about her.
0: No, she's a good girl. I like her. But she's dead. <laughs> she's <laughs> <Okay>. so dead. <laughs> uh, the
3: gap is where Thumb is interesting, because... I've always thought that, okay, if Magath isn't with them, then that almost makes me certain that something is going to happen after this fight, or, like, after whatever's happening on Paradise, because Magath needs to be relevant to the story. At some point, he's had too much setup to just kind of fade to the background after the Marley arc. But the one—but if Magath is with them, then, you know, that kind of, you know, shoots that theory in the foot, and it's just, like, wondering, but what would he be doing with him? Is he, like, you know, maybe he's acting as, as a commander? I don't know. But uh, it would be interesting to see Magath mm-hmm. on Paradise.
2: Would be amazing. We have seen him on Paradise, technically, in Chapter 95 when he chops them off. True.
3: Yeah. He, he shoots Aaron with, with another gun when he's in Titan form. I'm helping! What are you doing, Jaeger? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Magath is effectively in charge of the military now, though, right, Marley?
3: He's yeah. in charge of the whole world's military. Which means it,
1: it seems kind of crazy for me, like, if he's there right now. I feel like not yeah, yeah, like like that, yeah. Like someone's gotta stay there to keep things in line.
3: Because if you consider from a gath's point of view, this isn't like their only one last shot. This is a precautionary measure yep. because Rhino raised a very good concern. Yeah. It's it's I'm just worried about right.
0: Colt. If Colt's there, like he doesn't have any shift there powers. If
3: Colt's there, I feel like he's eating Zeke. I agree. Yeah. Or dying. <laughs> One of the two.
0: He, I, I'm my my money is on dying at this point.
3: I, I'm I'm like oh I, it can go there. either way. I'm not sure where it is.
2: I feel like there's people who should inherit Titans. Like it was set up in the Marley arc, and I was convinced they would like Colt and Gabby Falco. But the, the fact that again, I feel like this is the final arc it'd be weird for everyone to inherit a titan and then they use it in one battle in the Mongaston. So I can kind of see where Eric's coming from there. That's one of the reasons I feel like it's not final,
3: because there are all these characters who doesn't feel like their story's about to wrap up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do we want to discuss the other part of the questions where Kiza asks about the 13-year lifespan and if the Warriors' parents are aware of it? Or if Annie is still alive in the crystal?
2: I feel like Annie's definitely alive in the crystal. It'd be were if they yeah. open it and then she's just dead.
0: And I
1: think I think the warrior's parents are currently aware of the 13-year lifespan. I don't think it was necessarily common knowledge when Zeke was signed up to be a warrior, though.
3: That was the first,
2: like, generation of yep. warrior cadets. I feel like it's common knowledge because uh, it's just something that I feel like people could put together. Like, oh, why do they change? We have this great warrior who's, like, the best titan shifter of all time. Why are you giving him to some kid? You know, in just 13 years, I feel like people can piece it together. It ties in with the Amir's story, which is public knowledge, so
0: I'm going through another person's questions. So uh Kyojin of Bravos from Tumblr asks, please discuss Zeke and his Jesus Christ symbolism. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Is he the savior? He did get reborn, basically. So I think my personal take is that
3: there are a lot of resurrection myths, and it's just a very much a, uh, um, a common thing about, um, among a lot of cultures, and so it is a very resonant story with a lot of people. I think Isiam is the kind of person who takes ideas and concepts from a lot of different places, but none of them are necessarily direct parallels. He might just like the idea um, and think it works and, and, and uh, adds um, to the world. Um, and adds to the uh, aesthetic of Attack on Titan, but I don't necessarily think that Zeke is meant to be a commentary on Jesus Christ or whatever. Or I agree you know, with he's that. supposed. I think to be it's more
0: work. about the fact that he he looked like he died in one of the panels, then got reborn, and also the fact that he's more of a martyr of sorts.
2: Yeah, and he kind of looks like some classic interpretations of Jesus with the beard and all that one thing we briefly touched on earlier was Elena calling him God, and she's done that a lot of times now. That's really unsettling to me. Like, I can stand with Flock, like, basically worshipping Aaron and just, like, being on his side, but just randomly calling someone God when they're clearly just a human being that shouts, like, cultish, uh, brainwashed, and it really disturbs me, personally.
1: I agree that it was really unsettling to me as well, and I think I actually rated Zeke lower this chapter. Like, I, I my opinion of him has changed negatively for that reason. Hmm.
3: Personally, I always thought one of the most interesting things about Attack on Titan's world is the very visceral. And it is like if you take a look at um, the stuff with because when we think about like divinity and like divine miracles and stuff with that, like that, we think of it in a very vague way. Um, that you know, just like magic light shines from the heaven and something you know happens, but in Attack on Titan, if you think of Titans as like divine godly beings or something like that it's very interesting this very visceral physical take um on that kind of idea and it d- does show like resurrection it does show like divine miracles with the intervention of emir it shows all these crazy supernatural phenomenon but in this way like with these consistent rules that's like physical kind of ugly almost um I, I think that's a fascinating take on this kind of thing personally. And it's one of the reasons I th- consider Attack on Titan's world building to be so impactful.
2: Yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah some of the earliest world building in Attack on Titan is the fact that there's a group of people who worships the walls and thinks that they came from the gods. I mean, that's in episode one. There's a priest shouting that. And then, of course, it becomes more of a plot point later. But things like that have always been in the story.
3: And I was thinking just, like, you know, just looking at, like, Annie, you know, doing her thing in the female Titan arc, like, you know, that's a god. And, like, maybe if you're, like, we're looking at, you know, Greek mythology and, you know, talking about, like, Poseidon doing this or that, you know, near humans or whatever, you're like, maybe that is kind of how
0: some people imagined a god would be, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And for our final question, and I'm sorry, JSK2003, we just had to pick one of your long list of questions. We went with the one about Pixis. Pixis picked up that Yelena wants to save the whole world from Marley, but realized that the Zig plan of threatening uh, to only serves to save the island. And he then figures out that Yelena must have planned something beyond that. Do you think Pixis will agree with euthanasia? He was always someone who valued the life of humanity over the life of the individual.
3: Oh, this is interesting, because this was, like, the crux of my belief in the, um, Yelena and Pixis, um, team-up, and why Pixis, you know, because I was thinking that, like, Yelena, oh, I actually thought that she wasn't with Zeke, um, but she was, um, was actually with Marley and was like a turncoat like against Zeke and was uh playing him like Zeke played Marley which isn't true in the end Mm -hmm. but uh unless she's a really really good actor but (laughs) um it I I I did cite that uh, that that um whole thing with uh Pixis's philosophy as a reason why he might end up teaming up with Yelena or you know something else um I'm not really sure where that will go I'm not sure if Pixis would agree with the euthanasia, euthanasia plan, but I mean, I don't know, maybe he would. I think that could actually be genuinely interesting, and I always thought that was an interesting part of his character to explore in this new area. So I'm going to give a hard maybe on that.
1: Yeah, Pyxis has shown a lot of care for the value of human life, but at the same time, if you're putting all the lives on Paradise against the lives of everyone else in the world, is that... Is he going to go with the... Is he going to prefer the side where... The most lives are saved Or is he going to stick to the people who, like, who he knows and interacts with And the people that to him were the only people in existence Until just four years ago I, I don't know Like, It's interesting to me
0: I don't know why I stand on this one All I know is, is that Pixis won't survive this story You don't think <laughs> so? He's
3: totally turning into a titan
0: No, I don't think he will
1: I hope he doesn't turn into a titan But that's me wishful thinking probably
3: I hope he doesn't, but I think he will. Yeah, I think everyone with the wine is getting titanized, and only Falco's is getting saved when he uh, eats Reiner. That's the camp I'm in.
0: Reiner, can't believe you said Reiner. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. I watched the
3: dub. What of it? Hey, I like the dub what of it. I didn't. Yeah, the dub's good. I like the dub.
0: I don't touch up with a ten foot pole. I like the dub,
1: but I don't like a lot of the pronunciations
0: of the names. Yeah, same here. Okay, I think that was it for questions from our listeners. I want to thank you all first for joining us, uh, especially because it was kind of a messy <laughs> podcast to arrange. but thank you very, very much. Well,
3: thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Thank you. Let me know awesome. if you ever want me on again. I'd be happy to.
0: Hmm, I'll have to think hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
3: joking. Call mean. They've been bullying me all day. You handle it
0: very well, though. You take it like a champ.
3: That might not be a good thing.
0: (laughs) Next time, let's have a proper collaboration with Momtaku and Darth. Yeah. Thank you for stepping in for Momtaku, Reiku. It was really nice having you as my co-host this time. It was a lot of fun.
3: Thank you for stepping in for Darth, Poppet. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) There's an obligatory line here about we have to say how much we miss Momtaku, but (laughs) it...
2: (laughs) <laughs> I do miss Montaku. I'm glad it briefly popped in.
0: <laughs> if you want to support our podcast, you can do so by liking, leaving a comment, or subscribing to it. You can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify. We're also on Stitch and of course on iTunes. And if you can share our podcast with your family or friends, we would also greatly appreciate that. Aside from that, we also have a Kofi and a Patreon. And last month, we got our very first Patreon. So thank you to Kenny H. for your support. One of the perks is that you can get early. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny! (laughs) That's how I welcomed him with a gift from that. So if you pledge enough money to our Patreon, you can join our Discord. And you get early access to our podcasts. So if that's something you want, then please consider supporting us there. As always, thank you for offering your hearts and your ears. And see you next month. Bye. 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 Hold on, I need to kick someone from the... I need to kick someone. Hold on.
3: Mom, You just got here.
0: You need to go to bed. She's allowed to listen. No, she needs to nap. She really does. I just want to listen for a minute. I just finished doing all my chores and I just want to sit and listen. Is that okay? Did you take a shower? I have not showered. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Bye, Mom. I'm not leaving. I'm just going to listen for a few minutes. Go ahead. I can't even kick you because you're not on you can can the ball. No. Oh, man. Oh, that's She's crazy. got
3: them admin privileges.
0: I, I am yes. the admin.